Well, a couple of things. One is thank you for uh, uh, the opportunity to be back and, and to share this morning. And the other is uh, my mom is here and uh, someone have to behave. Uh, so uh, last week, my babysitter, we found out my babysitter is in the group. And uh, my mom's in the house today, so life gets tough. Uh, also, uh, we do not have a grandchild yet. My daughter is ready, the baby's not. So uh, we, we uh, started loading up on Friday, and my daughter's words, if you're a parent here in here, or if you've had children, the, her words were, today's the day, going to have that baby today, um, it's happening now. So we're loading up, ready to roll. And then I uh, got a phone call by our other daughter and go, what are you doing? Don't go down there yet. And called the daughter and, and my wife, Carol, said, uh, are, you having, are you having contractions? She goes, no, I'm just ready to have this baby. It's like, <laughs> well, thanks a lot. We might have gone four hours just to find out you're eating soup or something. You know? So we're still waiting to be uh, grandparents of number six, and, and uh, things are really exciting around our house. So this morning, <clears throat> I, I have a, a message, uh, Genesis chapter 39 and Acts chapter 20. We're going to be reading there this morning, but I really believe God has not only a word for this church, but a, a, a specific word for each one of us. My uh, middle daughter lives in, in Dallas, and I've been remodeling a small little building for her. She has a uh, 12 by 20 foot little building in the back and she wants a, a little place to live for maybe a little bed and breakfast kind of thing. So I remodel that, put that in, put a bathroom in and kitchen and all, all the stuff. Um, so it's noticed the neighbor behind us, the, a tree had fallen on their fence and I uh, went over there to ask them if it'd be all right. We was throwing trash away. I just help them and and he, he was telling me about the guy that lived in this, at the house uh, where my daughter now resides. And he, um, he was a World War I fighter pilot. He was a, uh, a world-renowned fighter pilot in World War I. So, I mean, those guys, he was an ace. And what's amazing is, you know, I worked in that house for almost a month and all the, over a month and all the things and never knew that. I mean, I had to have somebody tell me about this story that's really worth knowing about. I'm going to look up and try to find out more about him. But he's, he's a, really a war hero, highly decorated and all that. Wouldn't have never known that. thought it was somebody's wood shop, you know, that just just a house, and people don't know till they've really heard somebody tell the story that who's in the house, and how you can be a part of a church, you can go to church, you can be a part of it, and never really be introduced to the spirit that resides there, who loves to be known, and loves to have a relationship. And this morning, I'm going to talk about Deo Numa. Uh, and we'll explain that in a, in a little while. It's a Greek word, but it, it's, it really is the Spirit of God. 
And I want us to get to know what God wants and what God wants for you. So as we go through this message this morning, I'm asking that you would take the time to just stop every once in a while and say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me in this? But I want us to get started here in Genesis chapter 39. And it's a story about Joseph. We've, we've read about Joseph and Joseph was thrown into slavery. And most of you know the story, but... He was about 17, 18 years old when he was taken. He was probably bound, hands, his hands were bound, and he was led with a rope uh, to the city where he was going to be sold as a slave. Typically, they would strip them naked. He would stand, and, and uh, they would look at them as if they were checking out animals. And as he was standing there, uh, he had no friends, he had, no, he had nothing, absolutely stripped of everything, and uh, in, in the world's eyes, uh, what you accumulate, what you acquire, you know, what you ascend to is the wealth of the world, that, that's, that's how you do it, that's how you attain things, and that, that's what the picture of the world is. That is success, and, and then we have this whole totally different picture here, and it's verse 1 and 2 of chapter 39 of Genesis. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar, an Egyptian who was there, uh, was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, and as you read in different versions, it, it, it means that God was not just with him, showed up every once in a while, that God was with him. God was present with him. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. Uh, another version says that he was successful. Success in the kingdom realm is equated with is in the proximity of the presence of God. So I would just say, what we know is finances can just disappear. James says our life is like a vapor. It can all just disappear. But God, our success in the kingdom of God is in proximity of the presence of God in our life. It's learning that. I mean, we just did an example of of that this morning is worship invites the presence of the Lord. And as we worship Him, His presence is there. Uh, here's, here's something that's important to know. I mean, just like, if you don't know this, you don't know that you can kind of expect this, but it just says that success was in proximity of presence. So there's an anticipation of how you go about your day and invite God, not just along to bless that. See, we, we ask for God to bless things when God says, I want to be in the presence in your life which gives the success you desire. The, the things you need in your life. It's, in, it, it's Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God as righteousness. All these things will be added to you. There's an outcome, the presence of God in your life when, when you connect with Him. So I, I think it's important this morning that we all need to be reminded again and again that God's definition of success is contrary to the world's 
definition. And, and the world's model of success is unstable and it's built on a faulty foundation. And it, it'll, it'll be shaken and continue to be shaken. But it's clear here in Genesis 39 that success is not what you have, but it's rather who you have in your life. And who is with you and how you're making room for him in your life. And on the day Joseph was considered to be someone else's property, Joseph literally had nothing at all, but he had everything because the Lord was with him. And so when you feel inadequate, when, you, when everything is exposing your weaknesses or your lack of knowledge or your inabilities, when things and the pressure on the job or in your relationships and people around you, when you are at your worst, stripped of every single thing, God is with you. And knowing that, reminding yourself again, letting someone say, there is a war hero here, <laughs> just... You just forgot to keep that in mind that God is with you. And so something, I think we sung something about that this morning. That, that fear has to go. There's a, there's a confidence that God wants to rally in our hearts and our lives and allow us to, to move on. And it's very possible that we need to be reminded that it's not a matter of pursuing things, but we should be pursuing Him. And so when things come to mind, then go to Him. And we need little flags, okay? So I realized that I have tendencies. So I was driving in a car one day. I didn't know this, but my daughter, this, she was probably in the eighth grade, and she goes, Dad, are you mad? And I go, nope, I'm not mad. She says, well, you're doing this. Now... At my, in my house, if my dad did that, he's mad. That's a, that's a telltale sign. And I had picked up on that. And I just told her, no, I got something in my teeth. I don't know why I was doing it, but for her, it was a signal that I was angry. You have tendencies. If you can catch your tendencies, then you know where to go. And our tendencies has a way of, of telling on us, acting out on us, and if we can catch those, we can go, that's not God, this is God. It's not a matter of what I have, but it's a matter of who I have. Can you think of the worst place to start where Joseph started out? He had nothing, no friends, no experience. He, had not, he hadn't even got his first cell phone. I mean, what kind of guy is this? He had nothing. It couldn't have been... The least of every single thing, but he had God's presence. And it says, and God made him successful. So let's talk about the presence of God. And here's a statement. You can experience God without knowing God. And you can know God. You can know about God and never experience God. <clears throat> My friend's a missionary in, in Vietnam. And some of you may know him, Joel Watson. He was telling me the other day <clears throat> about a girl in his, his class. He teaches this school for kids. And so she comes in. She's, she always looked tired. She always looked like she was stressed out and struggling. And one day he says, what, what is going on? And she goes, oh, I can't tell you. And he keeps asking her. And he says, well, she said, well, this, when I go to bed at night, there is a spirit that comes into my room. 
And it's an old woman, and she threatens me all night long. And I just hide my face under my pillow. And Joel says, these kids have, they, they have no scary movies. They, they don't have access to TV. They, they don't get to see anything. There's nothing that would, would let you, you know, they would get spooky movie, you know, nightmare kind of thing. And she goes, I've, I've had it for years in, in my life. She was like 11 years old, like 10 or 11 years old. And he says, right then, he just got angry. He was mad, like, how dare you mess with God's little kid here? And the girl, and Joel can't share Christ. It's his communist country. He can't share Christ. If they ask, he can. And she goes, I'm so tired. Do you know what I can do? And he goes, as a matter of fact, I do know what we can do. He goes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to put my hands on your head, and I'm going to pray that God will protect you. And he laid his hands on her, prayed over her, prayed for the peace of God to be on her. And he says, now, when you go home tonight, if this spirit shows up again, I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, leave. And she says, who? And he says, in the name of Jesus. And he says, say that again. She, he, he said he went over it with her about four or five times. Say, in the name of Jesus, leave. So the next day she comes back to school. She's bright, shiny excited she looks rested he goes well how did it go and she goes oh and he goes well did this spirit show up and he, she goes yes she did she showed up last night and he goes well why are you so upset and she says i couldn't remember his name you told me to say he goes well what did you do and she said i said my friend's Joel's friend says you can't stay here any longer. <laughs> and, and he says, well, what happened? He said, he left the room immediately. She left the room immediately. You don't have to have all the theology. This, this statement here is you can experience God without knowing God. And you can know all about God and never experience God. And there's so many people, you and I... Probably know, they could quote the Bible and been in church their whole life, but they've never experienced God. This is just not about having information about God. This Deo Numa is not about having more knowledge about God, it's having more presence of God. And God was with you, with Him. And it is, it's a difference in having a, a, a bio of, of God and having an absolute presence of God in your life and, and in your heart. Here's another thing. God's presence is not an outward feeling as it is an inward movement. And that may seem so simple, but some people regulate the presence of God by the goosebumps they get. It's like, oh, that's a, he's, a, he's a number five right now. You know, all the hairs on my arm are standing. And, and, and so they rate God's presence by... A feeling, and and the goosebumps because they don't they don't know any more than that, or by the weirdness. Okay, and I was how weird it gets. God must be really showing up, and it's like you know what? Let me just tell you right now, God is not weird, but He is different, right? He's different. You have to admit that He's different. But 
the weirder it gets doesn't mean God is more present. Matter of fact, it's just amazing when God shows up, sometimes we don't even know it. He's working on our behalf, and we don't even realize that God is actually moving in our lives. Here's what it says in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That God's presence brings power. He brings peace. He brings this sense within our hearts for, for God to speak a powerful truth to you that could change the direction of your life could happen in a moment. Just like this. God could just say one little simple statement and your, the habits of your life could change forever. It's amazing what an instance of the voice of God in the presence of God can be like. As, as one, one is, is a memory of God's presence, you'll never, you know, you'll, you'll never doubt God's real. I, I remember... We were uh, kids, my older brother and I, and were climbing a mountain with my dad. And we had climbed real high, and there was an old tree sticking out of, uh, of the side of the mountain. And, and my brother, who is not spontaneous at all, got a spunk of it for some reason and jumped out and grabbed that limb, swung off the mountain and back. And my dad goes, no, 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 no. And when my brother came back, he grabbed him, and my dad just reached out and broke that like that. And I'll never forget standing there going, that's bad. <laughs> that's not a good thing. And my dad goes, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He goes, the presence of God sustained your life. You didn't die today because God didn't want you to die today. And I'm so glad God was around. I didn't know he was right there. But he was watching. He knew he was, he was with us. That spoken word of God. We are so focused on what we're doing, we can't hear God. We're so fearful when we hear any, everything and everyone else but God. We're so frustrated, we don't want to hear from God. We get so fatigued, we have no energy to open up our hearts to God. But God calls us to be fervent. Fervent. It it's it's, it's, comes from Romans 12, 11, says, not slothful in business, that word there, slothful in business, the, the business is not like business that you're going to the job. and Not to be slothful like lazy or sluggish. But this word business means to dispatch eagerness, uh, an earnestness, a diligence. that to, to not be lazy or laid back when it's time to stand up and be diligent in your life. This statement, fervent in the spirit, this... Zio, the, the Greek term there, it means to boil like hot water. That, that he just says this, he says, don't be laid back when it's time to step up, but let the fire burn in you when it's time to be urgent. And he's just saying there's an urgency that needs to be in us, a fervency that we need to be engaged in, that he's in the house and he's walking with you and he's by you, and you need to understand what this Deo Numa is, this presence of the God is, because everything that mostly we're striving for comes in reflection to the presence of God, not a pursuit of life. And we need this presence, we need this presence of God around us, in us, 
this pneuma, the Spirit of God, this Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, this, this Spirit of truth in our life. So, uh, so here's an example of that in Acts chapter 20. I'll turn there, verse 22 through 24. Acts chapter two, uh, 20, verse 22 says this. It says, this is Paul, and he's going to Ephesus, and he's going into this community. Oh, this is really important how we get to here, because here's what, I, I want your week to be different than you've ever experienced it before. I want you to hear God more than you've heard God before. I want you to respond to what God is saying this week. And you, you, it, God's really looking for fruit. He's not just looking for people who don't sin. Or Did you know that? Because a lot of people get this wrong. They think that God is looking for people who don't sin. He's looking for people to have fruit. And sometimes we fail in that process. But fruit is more important than not sinning. Somebody's going to leave right now. Do, do you know, it, it's, it's not about not sinning. Do you know our life's not about not sinning? Our life is about bearing fruit. And you can get so focused on not sinning, you're not bearing fruit. So here he goes. This is Paul. He says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me, that prison and hardships are facing me. We, I live in Carrollton, and so we pass through several cities. And how would you like to go, you know, when you're going across town, every city the Lord goes, it's going to be a bad day for you. Hey, it's going to be tough. Just, just wanting you to know. Prison and hardships uh, are facing me. Verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and, compel, and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And he goes, man, you can't take away what you don't have. Uh, I count my life nothing, so I guess there's really nothing to take or lose here. I've already given it away. And here he is, he's, he's, he's engaged in this process of following God and he's compelled by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God is talking to him, warns him, leads him, guides him, helps him focus on what God's grace is all about. So what do you do when God is wanting to do something new in you and when he is developing you, sharpening you, raising you up, shaping you because he's got a call in your life to, to step into areas that you know you, you you know, I know some of you experienced this probably this week. You Something came out of your mouth and you know you're not smart enough to really say that. You know? It, it come out and go, whoo, that was a good spiritual burp or something. I, I don't know what it was. It just came out and it's going, I'm brilliant! You know, and it's like, no, you're not. It, it, it's God and, and He's showing off through you every once in a while. And if you give Him room, if you'll stop your words, He might have a few. And he's speaking, he's wanting to engage in us and through us and, and raise us and sharpen us. And this Deo Numa, that this presence of God is not about learning more, it's about having more of Him. Not more about Him and this engagement. And some of you may be new to this walk with Christ. Some of you, you used to walk strongly in this area. And some of you have been around it, you just... 
didn't know. You're, you've been in the shed the whole time and you didn't know this great opportunity is right there. And I'm inviting you to say, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say to me? What are you wanting to do in my life? So here's four realities of life in God's presence. God always follows four similar steps in every individual through Nehemiah, Noah, and Moses. And here's number one. Number one is the Spirit's prompting. The Spirit's prompting. Compelled by the Spirit. That's what Paul says. Through the Scripture here in Acts 20. So the Spirit started moving in my heart. And so this, I'm going to Jerusalem. He compelled by the Spirit. What is that? That compelled by the Spirit is this uh, Deo Numa. Let me, here's, here's what Deo Numa says, and I have the definition. Deo is, is bound in the Spirit. There's this, either you can call it uncomfortableness or a, there's something going on. You ever had, how many's had that? Something's going on with God, right? Something's going on. Something, hmm, what's He doing? What's He saying? What's He doing? I get all fidgety when God starts talking to me. I like, I like, I'm praying, I'm asking God, well, you know, what are you doing? This, this Numa, the Spirit is a spirit breeze. It's a wind. There's something just come out of nowhere. It's like, what is that? I, I don't know why God did that. It, every Thursday, I used to mow my yard, and that's when God would say, someone's going to get healed today, or a Sunday. He, he'd tell me what was going to happen on Sunday. Mowing the yard. It's like, do you like this? I mean... I'm praying, you know, I'm praying early in the morning, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, I'm writing notes. Here, God, talk to me, talk to me. No, mowing the yard. Okay, okay. So this is when you want to talk. I don't know, you must like outdoors. That's what it is. It's, he likes to be out there. And, and that's when he would talk to me about, you know, he's going to change some lives. He's going to, you, you need to say this, you need to say that. And it's amazing that he, I think he's probably liking taking a walk with me. And I didn't know how to understand it. it. He's not limited by the sound of that mower. He's, he's present. He's in me. He's walking with me. And this pneuma, this deo pneuma, uh, the more often you pray, pay attention to the prompting of God, this, this heaviness or this moving, the more you will develop the ear to hear the voice of God. And the more you obey on what He shows you, the more sensitive you will become to when He leads you. Pay attention to the Deo Numa of God. Pay attention to the Deo Numa of God when He messes with you, when He catches you and you said something, you know you shouldn't say it, and you brush it off and go, well, they know what I mean. And they don't know what you mean because the Lord says it doesn't matter what they think and it didn't offend them or not. You're not supposed to say that. There's a Deo Numa of God who says, you know what, somebody's crossing your mind right now and you're not just thinking about them. It's a Deo Numa of God and you're supposed to intercede on behalf of that person right now. Now stop and get those Cheetos out of your mouth and start praying right now. Get, there's this Deo Numa of God where... He's not on your timeline. You're on His timeline. And we're activated. We're moving with Him. Pay attention to the Deo Numa. Don't try to shake it off. Don't try to explain it away. Don't try to rationalize it. When you think you're in that moment, stop and wait and listen and follow. God is trying to make Himself known to you, not only to you, but on behalf of someone else. This Deo Numa of God happens when you're washing dishes, mowing the yard, driving down the 
the road, it, it, He is speaking at all times, and He wants to speak into your life. The more you stop when He speaks, the more often He will speak. The more you wait when He speaks, the more dimensional He will speak. And I'm just telling you what I've learned. So when you stop when He speaks, the more often He will speak. And the more you wait when He speaks, the more dimensional He will speak. He will say not only this, but He'll say this too, and that too, and that too. And you're starting to see that God is creating quite a fabric of what He wants to do and what He wants to say and how you're going to engage. The more you listen when He speaks, the more clearly you will hear. And the more you follow when He speaks, the more eventful your life will be. As you engage, when you listen and you practice the, the Deo Numa of God, uh, Greg Rochelle is pastor of Life Church, and he was telling a story. He was had been out speaking, was at the airport trying to get back home, and he's walking by these seats, and he looks, and a lady looks at him. He says he gets us a lot. A lot. He looks going, "You're my pastor," and he did not want to talk. He said, "I didn't want to talk," and and she got up and came over to him. He says, "Hi, you're my pastor," and he goes. Wow, that's so good. And he just kept brushing her off. And finally she walked away. And the day on Numa of God would not leave him alone. He says, you need to get up and go talk to this lady. He walks over to her and says, I'm sorry I brushed you off. I'm, I, I'm really sorry. God, I just feel like God says there's something more that you, you had to say. And she just started crying. She goes, I was unfaithful to my husband three days ago. And I'm going home in two days. And I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, and I'm so ruined, I'm so lost, I don't know what to say. And he goes, you need, here's what you need to do, and he called a counselor and set them up to meet, and he says, when you get home in two days, you need to tell your husband. So he gets back home, it's on a, a, a Saturday, or it's two days later, and he he has, for some reason, has to take his daughter. His wife normally takes her to ballet, but he takes her across town, takes her to ballet, and he goes, what am I going to do for two hours while she's doing her ballet? And he, and he just, Deonuma speaks and goes, go to Walmart. And he's going, that can't be me because that's the last place I would ever go. And he's going, really? And he goes, yes. And he goes, man, I hate Walmart. So he goes to Walmart and he goes, what am I going to do? I'm going to look crazy because I'm going to... So he walks into Walmart. He gets by the freezer section and there's a guy just staring with the door wide open. He's just looking at the frozen food. And he thought it was interesting. And the guy looks and sees him and he goes, gives him, you're my pastor look. So he, he, goes, he goes, hey, you're my pastor. He goes, oh yeah, well, it's good to meet you and all that. And he goes, how are you doing? He goes... I'm doing terrible. Just my wife just came home and told me she had an affair with someone two days ago or three days ago, and and it's this guy's wife. And he goes, "How would, how could you ever put that together?" And he said he counseled them that week. He says, "How could I not work and get on this this day on Numa of God?" starting to put things together in, in their life and, and, and got them on track. Pay attention to the times you feel wrapped by the Spirit or the Spirit laying His hand on you and, and compelling you to, 
to listen, pay attention to coincidences of God or, or God incidences, incidents of God acting in your life. Some will seem insignificant and others will seem greatly significant. But as you act on the Deo Numa of God, His significance will rise up and cause you to be more attentive and more effective in it. And some things just don't seem that significant. I, I, Dallas, uh, we were remodeling the Dallas uh, Kodak Company back a few years back. And, then, and while we were there, the Lord started speaking to me. The man was about, my boss was about to lose his business because he was, I, I don't think he's spending his money correctly. And he's about to go bankrupt. And I was angry at him. I, I just, he had all this stuff and he wouldn't sell it. He was going to lose it all. He just wouldn't sell to get out of debt. And I got frustrated with him. And we we're on top of this building doing some work up there. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, Neil, you need to give him, you need to sell your truck and give him the money. And I'm saying, this is not a Deo Numa moment for me. <laughs> I, I mean, immediately it's like, God, this guy, of all the people, do not, does not deserve this money. He does not deserve that. And you know what? God stopped talking to me. And I, uh, I knew God's voice and I knew when he shut it off. And so I talked to Carol and a guy next door had wanted, liked my truck, wanted it. And so I said, are you still interested? And he said, yes. I went and got the cash and I took the money to this guy and I said, I just feel like God wants you to have it. No fireworks, nothing. It was like, thanks. And like yeah so here's what I didn't see on the backside of what God was doing in this whole thing is I was playing racquetball two to three years before this point and I had herniated my disc in my back and I had been in pain for at least two two and a half years it, it was it was horrible I my sciatic nerves and it, it was just, I was in constant pain. I couldn't hardly pick my kids up because the pain was so bad. The next day after I gave the guy the money and I got up and realized I don't have transportation. <laughs> and had an old English racer bicycle. Some of you all remember those little tiny inner tubes. And I was up back here pumping it up. I said, I didn't even know if it had tires. And I had to get to work and... Um, so I get on that bike and I'm riding and well, hey, this isn't bad. I'm riding it faster and and I realize I hadn't rode a bike in a long time. And this road curves and I nail the curb, man. I am like pow. Uh, I flip over the bike, land. I flip all the way over and land right here on my shoulder head, and uh, my back popped. This is not medically. Don't do this. People wanted this bicycle from me. But uh, that moment, my back popped. I don't know why this happened this way. But that has gone. That, that left that day. Um, I, it's kind of like God, Jesus making mud and putting a guy's eye. I don't know why he had have me flip over a bicycle. To, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually 
I'm teaching history in a Christian school and I'm working Kodak and doing all this kind of stuff. And I get to class, I have grass marks all over me. I look like I got mauled by a grass monster or something. And I walked in and I'm like, I'm not hurting anymore. I, I don't know what's going on. What's, what is this all about? And, and uh, somebody said, what's going on? I go, I'm not hurting anymore. I'm, I'm healed. Now, I, I can't tell you how that works. All I can tell you is my response, the deonuma of God speaking to my heart and responding to that and, and stepping out. So here's this statement. To step into your destiny, you have to step away from your security. If you're going to do it, you, you, there's going to be moments that you're, I'll tell you the number one is you're going to feel like you're going to look like an idiot. Uh, that, you know, personal assassination, you know, you're, I'm going to look stupid if I say anything. That's, that's the number one thing that we don't do it for. The other is that it puts us in position that we do without. But to walk in the Spirit of God, the Dio Numa, may mean that you break away from the routine of things towards Spirit's prompting. Let me just give you these other ones. Two is certain uncertainty. Certain uncertainty. God leads you to do something. You step forward and then you go, oh, now what? You get right into it. And Acts 22 there, verse 22, it says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. And the thing is, when God starts calling, you don't know what He's going to do. He's just giving you a word. He's giving you a few words. I'll have you know that getting these few words for you today <clears throat> took, took a while. I didn't mow the yard. I should have. I th think it would have helped. <clears throat> I like details when I'm taking a risk. Right? Don't we all like the details when taking a risk? And that's not what he does. He goes, you take the risk and then I'll start giving you. I'll, I'll let you do it. Psalms 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet. I don't shine it on the whole path. I shine it on your feet. Thank you so much. <clears throat> if you're not walking with uncertainty every once in a while, you're not walking by faith. God often speaks to us when we, we hear him. We realize that what he says will require faith. So we change his will and statement to a suggestion. It's too big. It's out of my life experience. It seems foolish. It seems crazy. But God says, I'm asking you to step and follow me. Here's a statement. You can never glorify God with small thinking and safe living. You have got to move into this other dimension. Three is predictable resistance. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in the, every city... The Holy Spirit warns me that prison hardships are facing me. There's a predictable resistance of any time when we step out with the Deo Numa and He speaks to your heart. Sometimes we get into a difficult place and we say, where's God? Did I miss God? And then we say the same thing. I want a life like Jesus. It really was easy for Him. I've lost you there. It's not easy. It wasn't easy and it is hard. 1 Peter 5.10, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. you know, it's interesting that He will take 
that moment. And you need to slow down and let Him do that. Look what God can, wants to do personally for you. If you're not ready to face opposition in your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used in the opportunity for God. Everything new and effective in the kingdom of God is going to be met with resistance. Every new thing will be met with resistance and opposition. Isn't that true in your own life? So it's, it's so true in, in your world. So here's a statement. Don't worry when there's opposition. Be concerned when there's not. Because it's possible you're not operating in obedience. Four, uncommon clarity. This is the last one. One of the challenges we face is being distracted by good things. It's not bad things. It's just good things. And he says, I, I, don't, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord has given me. The task of, and let me just ask you right here. What is that task? What is God calling you? This Deo Numa, this presence of God that wants to walk with you on a daily basis. It's a word of knowledge. It's a faith of prayer. It's, a, it's, it's helping people. It's having compassion. It's being able to give. It's being generous with your life. It's being less of yourself and more of Him. And it's reflecting His goodness on other people's lives. And God is saying, I want to do something mighty in you. And it's amazing how He will work things all together for the good of them that love the Lord. And are set for Him and Him being glorified and Him being satisfied and Him being served. And God is asking us to respond to that. Are you open to Deo Numa in your life? Let me pray over you this morning. Father, today there's, there, there is some tiredness. There is some weariness or some distraction there's challenges there's there's struggles there's some strife going on but all those things need to submit and bow down to the name of Jesus today because you are our Lord and Lord today it's not that we do without that's not that we neglect ourselves but is that we magnify you and honor you and worship you today and Lord, there may be some this morning that's just going, man, I forgot this. I, I've got away from this. Or I've been in the house the whole time and never knew about really how to engage in this. And, and if you're here this morning and you just say, God, I, I want you with me. Why don't you just pray that right where you're at. God, God I, I want to walk out of here and I want to experience the day on Numa. I want you to wrap yourself and I want the Spirit to blow on me. That I would sense your presence and it's not weird and it's not just goosebumps. But it's a spiritual awareness that you're doing something in my life and you're wanting me to respond. But I need to learn to listen. I need to learn to wait. I need to learn to be obedient in that and I need to do that often. And Lord, today as people's lives will be changed because of today. This week will be a week of healing. It'll be a week of restoration. It'll be a week of releasing captive people free and setting them free. This will be a week of salvation for someone. Lord, I thank you that you're not waiting for us to call on you. You're waiting for us to recognize you are here. And you want to move. And, and so today, God, 
We desire you. We need you. Close your eyes, would you? And today you're just going, you know, not only do I need the Spirit of the Lord, I need Christ. I've, I've not yielded my heart to Him. I need to give my heart to Him. I need to follow after Him. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand and just say, you know what, I need to go there. I need to grab a hold of that. Okay. So let me just pray with you. Father, today as we, we ask you to touch us, but not only that, we ask that you move in our hearts. We receive you, we desire you, we want you, God, and we desire you to speak in our lives. We receive you, we thank you for the free gift of salvation. In the name of Christ, we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks this morning, would you? Amen.